0: Hi, I'm Lisa Vandiver, co-founder and director of CineKink, the Kinky Film Festival, and you're listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation.
1: I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you are listening to the Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Hi, I'm Robin Renee. Welcome to episode 144. In today's show, we both interview Lisa Vandiver about the Cineking Film Festival. But before that, I interview Robin about her current projects in the Artscape. And as always, you know you can catch a new episode of the Leftscape every other Wednesday,
2: except <laughs> this comes out on a Thursday, and then we go on break. Right. So. I just lied. (laughs) So sometimes there are changes, and there they are. (laughs) Why, you were just mistaken, there's a difference. I'm just reading the copy, that's what's happening. (laughs) Subscribe to the show on our website, leftscape.com, or find us wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're on the site, sign up for the
1: newsletter, The Leftscape Lookout. And we are on social media at Leftscape. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for as long as Twitter is still there, we love to hear from you, and your reviews really do help us out. Yes.
2: And last bit of business, we do have a Patreon, so please consider joining us. You can join at any level, starting at just $1 a month. All Patreon supporters have access to our exclusive segment, We Should Be Recording This. And if you're able, you can increase your contribution and receive other gifts and opportunities. So check us out at patreon.com slash leftscape. And our most recent, we should be recording this segment, is our conversation about what happens when we inevitably fall behind on our daily or otherwise regular practices. And it's, yes. it's actually, it's it was good to think about and talk about. So it's a good conversation to check out.
1: Yes. And now it's time for our random facts in the news, and my random fact is the largest pair of eyes in the world belongs to the giant squid its lo- eyes are the size of soccer balls and are at least 25 centimeters across and that's like 10 inches so it's and i i don't want to say like the size of a dinner plate because this is like it's like that that facebook group americans will use anything except the metric system you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so like funny. the first thing is like it's the size of a soccer ball. It's like okay, so <laughs> it's like what is that in washing machines and what is like one. <laughs> I I I understand
2: centimeters, believe it or not. I guess because I've been in a lab, so I, I'm a weird exception to the rule. Well, <laughs>
3: like, I understand. I,
1: I intellectually understand centimeters, but not when. I have to like, think of it in terms of like a piece of paper or something, (laughs) you know, I I can't, I can't keep it in my head.
2: Oh man, we're funny, weird Americans. (laughs) (laughs) And my random fact is about Christian Cooper. I don't know if you, well, you will remember the Karen situation where a, a guy was in Central Park and he asked this woman to please put her dog on a leash because he was birding. And the woman freaked out and said, called the, police and said there's a black man threatening my life and you know <laughs> caused all this stupid oh he uh, was
1: birding while black
2: so he was that birding was while black, black. <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly and um well anyway i was really happy to hear that he recently published better living through birding notes of a black man in the natural world and has a really good book out he's also He's also a science and a comics writer, so he he wasn't a slouch in writing to begin with. But the fact that he could turn a bad Karen situation around <laughs> into something cool, I thought was was nice to hear. Yeah,
1: yeah. I also thought he got something else really cool happened to him. Like he got a documentary, or I don't. I, I don't think he
2: might it. have done a documentary too. Yeah, I I couldn't like find somebody that approached
1: sound. him for that to do something but yes it it put him on the map (laughs) yes it's good for him exactly and now boy there's a lot of news we're handling today (laughs) just there's a lot yes so
2: the first thing i honestly don't know a huge amount about, but the challenges to authority in Russia were were pretty uh striking and fascinating. That happened on it began on June 23rd. That the Wagner group or the Wagner Group, I hear it pronounced both ways. Well Um, probably Wagner first. It's probably Wagner. Yes, exactly. They're the Russian private military company funded by the Russian government. And they it basically staged a rebellion where the they marched against the Russian army, you know, the the regular Russian army, and it it was I, I'm not exactly sure of all the details of it, but it it happened very quickly and ended very quickly. And the the main guy who who led it, I believe his name is Yegensky Prog. I'm not going to try to say it. Sorry. I used <laughs> to know it. <laughs> Yevgeny. Yevgeny. Something like that. I'm not
1: getting the last name.
2: (laughs) I keep hearing it, but I can't reproduce it right now. Anyway, he was allowed to go to Belarus. Like they were trying to subsume the Wagner army rank and file into the main army. And he got, you know, deported to Belarus, basically. It's, very interesting, it's like it's as far as I can see, like there' are no good guys in this. It's not like it was a rebellion to march against the Russian army because they disagreed with the the war in ukraine. It was more like, oh, here's an opportunity because Putin is stretched too thin or something with with the war effort or something like that that's the yeah. that's what I can glean from it so <laughs> it's very it's just an interesting thing, and I think like the consensus is that it putin's weakness became evident in this situation for for really the first time on that kind of a level so that's an interesting thing
1: yeah but and he's the other still, he's still in power though nothing he's still in, right nothing I don't changed think anything really changed except like up it like the org chart of who's running the troops that's kind of really the the fallout from all of this i mean that the war in ukraine's still happening and eh. right Right. And I, I think I think people the pundits the say that
2: something it it made it clear that this kind of thing could happen and succeed at some mm. point where that wasn't very uh ever right. before. And the other thing is that despite like who knows if this guy's gonna get a bad cup of tea anytime soon too. Like it's pretty <laughs> scary. It's a whole it's a whole scary <sighs> thing. Like no yeah. nobody's cool in this whole situation, you know? No so i don't know but that's all i know
1: <laughs> well i know less than you so I mean, <laughs> i i kind of remember seeing some notes flash by on my social media that putin like ran out of moscow when this was happening and he was hiding somewhere or they couldn't find him mm. which meant he was hiding somewhere or something like that but anyway <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so the Supreme Court finished their term last week in with spectacular fashion. I yes, add. they released a whole big pile of of decisions, many of which are just awful. And I'm I'm doing a bit of a roundup. <laughs> it's just gonna so strap yourselves in, people. There's a link to the Constitution Center org's blog, which has links to podcasts about each specific decision. And if you want more details, I wanna send you there. We have a link on our our website on the show notes for this. Um, Okay, so the first case, and this is, I guess, going in reverse chronological order. (laughs) So the last case they decided on is Biden versus Nebraska, which is the one that was trying, that's the student debt going away Act, that they wanted the HEROES Act, which was supposed to eliminate a lot of student debt. The court said that the Secretary of Education lacked the authority under the HEROES Act to, quote, rewrite the statute to the extent of canceling $430 billion of student loan principal, which kind of sucks for everybody. Mm, However, it really does yeah but the in the Department of Education versus Brown, which is the other one, which is the forgiveness of ten to twenty thousand dollars of debt under certain circumstances, that one that case was dismissed for lack of standing. So whatever the prior court decided on that one is standing up is is the one. and I don't really remember what that was. <laughs> I'm hoping it was like it's still you know you can get at least some of your debt canceled if you meet whatever the qualifications are for that. And the other, the next one is, which you're probably gonna talk about a little more than this one, is called 303 Creative LLC versus Elenus. An artist declined to des- design a website for a same-sex wedding, and the court in a six to three decision held that the First Amendment pro- prohibits Colorado from forcing a website designer or artist to create expressive design, speaking messages with which the designer disagrees. So, so. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so first of all, it seems
2: apparent, it became apparent that this was not even a web designer who had designed any websites, nor did a same-sex couple come to her to say they wanted her to design a website. Right, so it was a hypothetical web designer with a hypothetical
1: job. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> I mean, this to me, it. this to me, I don't know why it, the lower court didn't throw it out to begin with.
3: Right. Well, they decided they, they
2: just decided against it, but they could have just thrown. You're right; they could have just thrown it out. They decided against her, or or they, no, they decided the lower court decided against her yes so then she appealed it to the okay i got you you know okay but but they could have just thrown it out as like no basis which would have been a yeah that's
1: because there's no damages nobody nobody there is no damage for to anybody you know she if she's coming up with a hypothetical thing it so i don't understand if this means that businesses any business can now discriminate against LGBTQ people? Or does this mean that if you are an artist, you cannot be compelled to create art about subject matter you don't agree with? Because as Uh, well, they did.
2: They decided on the basis of speech uh, on on the First Amendment. So right, but but they all. But all art is. I mean, you could always. I think you could always find a way to argue that your art is speech. Yes. Ultimately.
1: Yes. Your art is speech, and and I remember. And this is was not in in the the piece that I took this from today, but in a different in a different reporting of this case, I think it was Gorsuch that used the word artist and not business so if it's only artists i don't disagree that you can't compel an artist to create art that disagrees with your moral fiber i i you know well i think there's
2: a difference if you're an independent artist I do feel like I, I agree with you that I think you have the right to choose your gigs yeah. or, or, or choose against them. That seems normal to me. I think if it's a commercial business, like we are wedding planners, and we're open
1: to the public to everybody, you know what I mean? Right. But this is a web and, and I never heard designer. Of, so it's, Right. Yeah. I never heard of web designers cons, you know, I, I guess there is an artistic component to web design. And as a design a web a person who's done this in the past, yes. However, it's it's like okay, the artistic part I can kind of see, but a lot of it, a lot of web design is is fucking coding. And that's not art. Right. <laughs> i mean it's an art as as in you know you can express yourself in the code somehow i guess but i don't know it's it's weird it's weird and i'm just i don't know if that means that businesses who are open to the public like in a brick and mortar kind of situation are now allowed to not create for gay people if they don't want i mean i mean you could even you know this this is a fucking slippery slope i don't know i
2: yeah i don't don't think that's what this case says but i think that this that's that will be the next
1: that's how people are going to interpret it that it's okay to to be a jerk again yeah
2: no i agree it's it's worrisome on that but it also
1: yeah i mean but it's also you know it's like it's it's also kind of upholding you know, when musicians get pissed off when candidates use their songs and they don't like the candidate and they wouldn't have given them permission and they use it. And, you know, like that happens a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And they have successfully sued, but they sue under copyright, not under free speech. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this it, it on the surface, this really sounds bad. But when you think about it, maybe not because i mean that way if you were for example if you're a musician and you're in a band you have a band and your band is a business which is open to the public then you could possibly be compelled to play for a venue that you don't agree with like play at a white supremacist rally
2: yeah that would end well (laughs) oh god yeah but i'm just saying right no i do i understand Yes, I I agree. And I couldn't I wouldn't want to be compelled to do that and I can't imagine how that would work because so you do as I would have the right to take a gig or not take a gig, right? So Right. And that at least now that, that's how the law is if I'm you know right. I have a shingle out as a musician, but I'm not compelled to take every gig. So Right. I, well I yeah, mean I hear honestly you in that even
1: as a even as a, a designer even as a designer you're not compelled to take every gig right No. you can always you can always turn jobs down for for reasons like for
2: any reason really like i'm too busy you know yeah, yeah I do. i'm trying to get my website redone and the person said i'm i can't do anything until whatever time or maybe they they could well have said i can't i don't i can't take this on and that would have been acceptable right. but but i mean it's a bad i i'm unnerved by the way that this court case came about as a it's basically a test case right that she decided to
1: put forth well, and they decided I'm sure to take
2: you know so i'm sure someone was she, put
1: up, put up i'm sure i'm no. sure somebody backed her right. for the taking this to court because it's not cheap to do that no, no and especially especially what would compel her to do to take a case a hypothetical case to court i mean what the fuck? And yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, I
2: think it's someone who probably either she has such a strongly held belief that she wants to be an, an activist to get to to uh, wind, wind up giving more reasons to turn away LGBTQ people. That's really how I take it. Yeah. So I don't like what it opens the door to. That's the, But the specifics of it aren't as awful as it yeah. looks. I think it's it, with you on
1: that. It kind of, I think it's kind of, you know the hobby lobby decision about about the healthcare thing that was like from before like right. from way before right i think that was like the wedge in the door and this opens that door a little wider i think yeah. that's really what it is it's it's another step of of impose of ultimately imposing christian sharia onto the country you know yeah And it makes me wonder if, how far it would
2: work the other way around. Like, could I be like, I don't like your red hat. I'm not writing for you. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? mean? Honestly, I don't know.
1: Honestly, you know, there's, there's, and here's like the, this is the last argument. As a designer, it is very easy. Well, it's not easy, easy, but it is very possible for you to be subversive in your design and make like, if you know, like, I want <laughs> you to, to design the Daily Stormer website that you could make it unusable. You could make it just subtly opposite of what they intend. And I've seen that done. It, and i call it subversive design and and so there would be always this little the little voice on on my shoulder going well you know if you did take this job you could fuck them up so right. yeah, <laughs> just in subtle ways i, I um, always
2: like the story that mark Mothersbud uh did the music for like a high was it hawaiian punch commercial or something in the okay. 80s and he put like subliminal messages in it that said like sugar is bad for you <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like that. That's what. Yeah, that, was that kind of. That's that's what you you could do if you if you take jobs for people you don't agree with their moral stance. That yeah. they, you know, you if they're if you're making advertising for a product like a like cigarettes or something, and and you just you put in weird shit that you, you subvert, you know, subconscious subliminal things or or whatever. Wendy's right, anarchist we... cookbook. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Okay. Next case. <laughs> okay. This one actually, we could possibly do the next two. I'm going to do the next two because they're both with redistricting. Moore versus Harper, which is the North Carolina di- redistricting case. The court found that the constitution's election clause does not vest exclusive and independent authority in state legislatures to set the rules regarding federal elections. So. That's a good um, thing. (laughs) Yeah, and they also rejected Alabama's 2021 redistricting plan upholding the district court's decision that Alabama violated section two of the Voting Rights Act. So that means that both North Carolina and Alabama have to redo their redistricting to make it fairer and not to and not to suppress votes. And I, I have to say Alabama's was so egregious that it was like <laughs> it was I think I think it was I don't remember if it was a unanimous decision or not, but Alabama's redistricting was ridiculous. I think yeah. they took like five mixed districts and put they put like all of the black people in one district in Alabama. Right, I saw that. I was like, it wow, was, that's <laughs> It was unbelievable. That is um, some uh some creative. <laughs> yeah, I mean and and for this and for this court to reject both of those things, those states had to be doing some really fucked up shit. That's all I have to say.
2: Well, the the North Carolina case is really, I mean, they're both crucial but
1: yes the idea of
2: not allowing total free reign (laughs) in the state legislature is is huge because that would have said really like anybody who wanted to oh yeah uh count fake electors instead of real ones or anything like that like oh my god no oversight at all you know yeah yeah that it's ridiculous we would
1: not have democracy (laughs) if that happened yep well, at least, I, I mean, it feels like they're moving us away from democracy, but it's nice that they're, they're giving this, this token resistance to it. Yeah. And then the last case we're gonna talk about today is the United States versus Texas. The court in an eight to one decision said Texas and Louisiana lacked Article Three standing to challenge the Biden administration's immigration enforcement policy. So thank God for that.
2: Okay. I hadn't even caught up to that one yet. They, were, they released a lot of stuff. This was all Friday, well, I think, right? Yeah,
1: it was all last, this is the last week they were in session, which is usually when they dump all of their decisions. Some of the earlier decisions were like from May. I we're not talking about those today, but they're on that blog page with, with podcasts that talk about the specifics. And I'm glad that Texas and Louisiana aren't allowed to unilaterally make their own immigration policies. So at least we have that. And <laughs> yeah, I and, and the fact that and I and I don't remember who the who the dissent was on that. I mean, we could probably guess, but the fact that 8 of the justices said no, 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 you can't do this means it means something. If you can get 8 of them on the same page. <laughs> so so is your guess thomas or alito (laughs) if there's only one (laughs) (laughs) i'm 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 guessing thomas
0: Um, that was my guess um, you know i could be wrong but
1: i mean there was this uh, there's a picture i shared this morning there's been a lot of supreme court nasty pictures but the my favorite of them has it's not the one with the six kangaroos although that one was amusing but it's the one where and I don't know who was who, except Thomas had all of the gold bling with a big dollar gold dollar sign necklace on his chest. Oh and, God! <laughs> and the guy sitting next to him had a KKK hat on, and somebody else. Oh, and and Kavanaugh had beer, a uh, beer, a beer hat. You know of the hat. The two. And somebody else had a jester hat, and I believe Bryant Comey Bryant had a was wearing a nun's habit. So. Uh- Okay, that's, I'd have to see it, anyway. Yeah, well, okay, that's, so that's the Supreme Court roundup for their session. The only thing I have to say is we need a super majority in the Senate and we need to increase the bench. Otherwise we are fucked for years to come. Yeah.
2: You know, I don't know not, how to uh, how we would accomplish in- increasing the number of justices. This, it would be w- it, great if super, we could. I don't feel like need, people aren't ready to. I don't know. I hope, we
1: need a supermajority in yeah, the Senate. And that would be the right. only way. We have to we have to have a supermajority where we are filibuster proof. Right. You know, where they actually they can't even do filibusters on the Supreme Court nominees anymore. They got rid of that. So yeah, we need a supermajority then we can do whatever the fuck we want. And we need to do that. We need to increase the bench because we these people that Trump put in there are fucking us, <laughs> and I'm tired of getting fucked this way. Yes, exactly. I have to, yes, be, <laughs> be specific. I have to be specific. uh all right. In other news. Australia will become the world's first country to allow the drugs psilocybin and MDMA to be prescribed by doctors to treat psychiatric conditions, including depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. This is from an article in Nature, and there's controversy about it. There's a lot of scientists who are demand, we're saying, oh, we should be doing more research first and blah, blah, blah. And I also kind of hear rumblings that we are in the united states allowing researchers to start seeing how these drugs and similar can be used for that kind of treatment as well i don't think they that the fda is going to has released that for that purpose but i think i th- i think there's a way they, they're they getting it decriminalized to an extent where they can actually study this stuff so we're making some progress in that area
2: yeah i think that is that is really cool we we talked to rich orloff on our show a while back about you know his his psychedelic journey and there's yeah there you know there are people who are working with this stuff and it's got to be kind of underground-ish in the united states for now but yeah um, i think it's has potential you know if it's not just about like blowing your mind apart (laughs) in the most like sort of stereotypical 60s way but guided and purposeful and and there seems like there could be a lot of potential for things yeah
1: so interesting yeah and thousands of unionized hospitality workers in los angeles are currently on strike Unionized housekeepers cooks dishwashers and front desk agents servers and food service workers want an immediate $5 an hour raise with raises totaling $11 over three years. Other asks include affordable health care and manageable staffing workloads and I support these guys and Absolutely. in their strike, because these, these are the jobs that. Are thankless and non never ending and unpleasant, and <laughs> they deserve to and be stigmatized
2: often. Yes. And people sort of really treat you know housekeepers and front desk front desk people. I I've heard oh, stories about a person who used to work front desk and was just tra- oh, yes. treated like crap, especially by like you know platinum members and members. Yes, and stuff. do
1: you know who I am? Right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Exactly. So,
1: and they you know and they they picked the July 4th weekend to do this, which is rough, I guess on people vacationing, but it's you know, and and as far as strikes go, I don't know how the the writer strike is going. I haven't heard of any resolutions yet, but I did hear the Screen Actors Guild and the Directors Guild at made a last minute agreement with Hollywood producers on their shit. So, I don't know if that's going to help or or hurt the the writers strike. But I hope they uh I hope they can work shit out with the studios. For real,
2: absolutely. Yeah. And our last bit of news is comes from the Good News Network, and that is that Spain is on track to generate 50% of its energy with renewables, being solar, wind and hydroelectric, and Portugal is has hit a hundred percent, at least wow. in, the- in theory, you know, it's, I think, let me see, Portugal beat a nine-year record when in March, 2023, it generated 103% of its monthly energy consumption with renewable sources. That's so, very cool. Yeah. So they, they did generate a little more than they need, although some fossil fuels are still in use in various places. So it's not like everything's all converted over or something like that, but it's just showing the potential that this, can, can, can happen. So I like hearing about that for sure. Yes. Yeah. Spain, Spain, meanwhile, is on track to becoming the first, first of Europe's big five economies to generate more than 50% of its electricity from renewable sources. Yeah. So I want to keep an eye on that and learn more about how that's coming about
1: as it is. And with that, that is all the news we're gonna handle today. to the Artscape where one of us interviews the other of us. And this time around, I am interviewing Robin. So Robin, welcome to the Artscape. Thank you. (laughs) Um, And so my first question is what have you been doing recently? And what are you in the middle of doing? What are your current projects?
2: Mainly I am sort of re acclimating to being a live performer that's been kind of a big deal actually. I didn't I didn't have a show until until about a month ago or 3 weeks ago. I hadn't had a live in person with people show <laughs> since <laughs> March of 2020 since just oh, wow. right as the pandemic was starting. So it was it was actually terrifying, I will be honest. Oh, I was like coming off of a pretty bad cold. So yeah. I was like how am I gonna even have a voice to do this. So part of that was there. And also just sort of reacclimating because I sometimes if I get away from doing a thing, I'll get really scared of it, especially like in the creative realm. And I was like, how am I how can I do this? I don't do I I don't know any songs. I can't play the guitar. (laughs) And I kind of go into this mode of yeah, kind of a little bit of a panic. So it was nice to like, okay, breathe. I can do this. I know how guitars work. I I know my songs. I have I have ideas I could play, you know, and kind of get get back to it. So that it felt really good. And the show was great. I had a show at the the festival was called Queer Candy in Highland okay. Park, New Jersey, and it was it's the Pride Music Festival that is ah. new. It was their first official event. They've had some fundraisers and things like that beforehand, but this was like the first one for for Pride itself. and yeah it was a really beautiful atmosphere del sasso who organizes it and all the other organizers for sure just did like an amazing job and it was just a wonderful it was like an atmosphere that i love it was a beautiful day it was Mm. people i like it was it was the kind of the perfect way to get back to uh, get back to performing
1: yeah yeah i mean i had i would have been there but i had a thing scheduled at my house which was the first time i think that my pathfinder gaming group was able to get together face to face since march of 2022 right yeah it's big to get back yeah yeah it was was, yeah it was definitely pandemic over feelings i i i am impressed that you you faced your fears and and (laughs) and defeated them yeah i mean i don't know if i ever defeat my fears but
2: i can i can get i can get ahead of them long enough to do a thing so (laughs) okay so that's good yeah that's okay good you know so then just after that i'm just trying to keep my hand in a bit more in terms of like playing at home and thinking of ideas and i have a lot of sort of i'm kind of like pop song power pop be kind of ideas in my head in terms of like new oh, songs cool. that are brewing so that's kind of fun to be working so, with that.
1: so are you are you planning more live performances this year
2: i am thinking about planning them <laughs> uh i i know honestly i mean i would love if i could have like a gig a month or something even if it's just I mean, obviously I can book official gigs too, but there are a lot of opportunities around just to play and just be used to playing Mm. more, which is something I wanna do one way or the other. Yes, I wanna be playing more. I was actually asked by a friend to check out the Nashville Songwriters Association a while back, and I might've told you about this. And that was fun. I only went to one meeting so far, and I think I want to go to another one and possibly is that online?
1: Is um, that like a well? Or no, or they have
2: they, they the... have in person meetings, but the one I went to was an online meeting. They were they. I think there might be alternating between like online meetings. Mm-hmm. So there are different chapters. So this was like the printed chapter of okay, the okay. National Association.
0: I was
1: thinking it's in Nashville. So
2: right, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you know,
1: see, some people go
2: out there and visit and do work out there too. But it's that I think would be good for me. I haven't I haven't jumped into it with both feet yet, but just being around people who are writing songs and some of some are in that sort of Nashville vein, but I think they're also looking for people who come from other songwriting perspectives and, and things right. like that. So um I'm, it'd I'm, be
1: good to learn from I actually wanna to talk to you about that just for a second because I'm this sounds very interesting to me. So there's local there's it's a national group, Mm -hmm. apparently, and, and they have local chapters. And what do the meetings consist of? Do you guys critique each other's songs? I mean, what? what Yeah,
2: you get together and you play a song, it could be a new song or you know, that you just wrote or an older song you want to present and people listen and, you know, offer ideas and feedback and things like that. And there's some opportunities where I think at least a couple times a year, there's opportunities for people who are song pickers from Nashville to come listen and, mm. and give feedback or possibly, you know, you know if they're interested in a particular song, could, right. could rep it to someone, that sort of thing. Okay. So, yeah, it's interesting because there was part of me that I mean, I love doing my own material and just sort of being a singer songwriter. But there's the other aspect of writing for people or for projects. Right. And I kind of, I enjoy that
1: as a challenge too. So that's honestly where the money is. Yeah. I mean, look at Dolly Parton. Well, yeah, (laughs) yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, she made most of her money writing for other people.
2: Right. 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 Yeah. So yeah, it it can be fun. So that's something that's possibly on the horizon. Mm. I want to think about, you know, the time I, 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 well, I always have more, ideas than I have time for, but I also can get more focused on making sure I slot in the time to work on things. So it's kind of both, you know. Okay. But that is one thing I would like to do. And and I'm also, really the biggest creative project I have right now is my radio show, Saved by Zero. Okay. Which has been so much fun. I love it, you know. And that is basically, I, Creating an hour of music each week Sunday nights at nine, and that is new wave, post punk, alternative—you know, alternative in that universe, basically. You're listening to Save by Zero with me, Andrew Genus, on Radio PVS. Okay, and that's been good. So it's it's on. It started out on Yacht Rock Discord, so I present it there on Sunday nights, and now it a few months ago, I guess, started on Radio PBS as well. I can't remember when these things happen. <laughs> and
1: what is that? What is Radio PBS?
2: Radio PBS is we spoke to Matt Bird a while back on this show, and this is his internet radio station that's oh, based okay. in Melbourne, Australia. And that's really cool, and it's been slotted to rebroadcast on at our time, 9 a.m. on Thursdays. So (laughs) that that I take what I did on Yacht Rock Discord, and then sort of it's a little bit of switching out of like the bumpers need to be PBS bumpers as opposed to what I whatever I say on Yacht Rock Discord to add that in to record some more vocal stuff because the Discord presentation is mostly chat based, so I'm not doing a lot of talking. I make a few bumpers and sort of an intro sort of thing. But then it's more like chatting back and forth. And so the information about songs is all in chat. So I create that for the PVS version of the show. So I'll go back and do the rundown of what songs we heard and tell a little whatever anecdote I want to talk about for that tune and that sort of thing and put that in and we
1: slot that in and then get that to Matt to schedule for the show. So for people who prefer to not be on Discord at their computer, if they just want to listen to music like it's the radio, they want to listen Thursday mornings.
2: They can listen Thursday morning. And the (laughs) third way to listen is, I've just started getting the shows up on Mixcloud. So you could listen
1: anytime on Mixcloud. And now explain to this ancient woman what mixcloud is <laughs>
2: mixcloud <laughs> is, a, is a website where djs put up their shows some people do live shows some people just post shows that okay. you can listen to you can follow it's very social media like in the terms that you can follow certain people and see what other people are listening to and check out shows like that the the, the pbs version of my shows will be posted on mixcloud so you can check those out anytime
1: wow okay
2: yeah so it's sort of it's growing and it feels really good i think there's a, there's a i've always loved this i was actually thinking back to when i was like a pre-teen with a friend of mine and we would like have our at the time walkie talkies and we were like <laughs> making a radio station and we were just like blah 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 talking into the walkie talkies and like playing records and you know, and <laughs> we found out very quickly. Like the truckers that would pick up our, our broadcast weren't really all that happy about hearing the Bay City Rollers, but but we were having fun. <laughs> so it's kind of like I haven't moved all that far. I mean, I I always loved what I love, and it just gets better and more sophisticated.
1: Hopefully, <laughs> that's hilarious. I I used to make mixtapes on my reel to reel. Apparently, because I found recently, I found. The program to oh, one wow. two-hour tape that i made because yeah, yeah. it's reel-to-reel tape recorder you could do eight hours on them if you play it slow enough and it was all prog rock and and then i guess it was prog rock and then david bowie new york dolls and pink fairies so it was <laughs> and some maybe some other ones in that kind of genre but i used to do that kind of thing as well but it was more just on tape Mm -hmm. and not broadcasting so that's that's really cool yeah
2: oh yeah the mixtape vibe is is fun (laughs) in a way it's it's kind of like that you know like
0: thinking about what
2: things go together and creating themes and things like that i did a last night was all covers show that's (laughs) always interesting to see you know just putting things together and yeah so it's like themes and sometimes we'll do an album although now you can't put whole albums on Mixcloud, so I might do less of that, just if I want to keep it a little simpler and be able to put things across on all platforms, but, but we'll see if something great is new is coming out. I might want to present that.
1: So you've been, you're basically all music focused right now. Is that what I'm hearing?
2: Yes. Yes. I would (laughs) say that that's accurate. (laughs) Okay. There are other things I want to do and, but. Part of me feels like music comes first for me. Okay. And there have been things that I've been avoidant about in terms of my creativity and my just sort of being a presence. Mm. So I'm trying to work through that first. And then I'll see about my book projects and all of that, you know? Because there's always like (laughs) the logistical things that you need to do too, like getting presenting all this stuff well and so there's like web work to do and that sort of stuff to to have a website that i want and so that's in there too but that might be my my hobby work or something you know (laughs) in between everything else um i also wanted to mention that i've been getting my feet back into being on the other side of the interview equation like right now i guess i'm being interviewed but i was also oh. recently interviewed by david brooks who is at the at now at the new new radio.com. it's another uh, internet radio station he used to be on wbai's outfm okay he remembered me from i'm um, like about 20 years ago i guess when he was oh wow a dj on that show and r- still listens to some of my earlier cds and stuff um, wanted to talk to me uh, uh, and so I was I'm going to be on two upcoming shows of his which I can't remember I think the first one is July 10th and then the next one's probably the following week but that I could post the dates on and stuff and th- so that was an interesting yeah. you know conversation just talking about you know LGBTQ culture and music and you know what I'm up to these days and that sort of thing so it, i feeling like I'm feeling more like myself than I have in a couple of years, honestly.
1: Well, that's good.
2: And I think just staying in the creative stream of things and talking to people and being out there is, that's what I've been needing to do. So I'm glad that's all, it's all happening in some ways right now.
1: (laughs) So, So you don't have any music you can insert into this podcast right now, do you?
2: like an original song or something like that or like uh
1: i don't know what what would you want to do if you did
2: i'll have to think about it yeah okay i'm on the spot now
1: (laughs) yes you're on the spot i'm sorry (laughs) that's okay
2: no i should have i could think about recording something perhaps but okay anything that's new isn't ready i'm sorry to say
1: well then you should I don't know if everybody who listens to us knows your stuff. If they don't, I should smack them. But you know.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, either it'll be Robin Renee singing, or it'll be Andrew Genus announcing a song or something, or maybe that would be good. cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, oh, okay. So your DJ persona is Andrew Genus. Yes. Okay. I like. Yeah, I, do I like love Andrew that name. Guinness. Me too. I, I, find that name i i'm i love puns and that's a great name <laughs> <laughs> thank you
2: yeah i like it i like being called it and i like i want to find more opportunities to use it but also to cross reference because i don't want to to be like two totally separate entities that people don't understand that one is the other or whatever yes so,
1: yeah. yes because yeah i had we have a mutual friend who had a drag persona that i really did was another person <laughs> until until they said no. It's me in drag, and they're going. Oh my god! I don't know why I didn't notice this. I thought it was like literally your sister. So that's hilarious. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's effective drag. I like it.
2: <laughs> oh. Well, anyway, I, think, I appreciate these conversations because it does make me. It keeps me thinking about what I am doing and what I want to be doing. So hopefully I get better based
1: on checking in. Okay. Well, I'm glad you checked in.
2: (laughs) Thanks. (laughs)
3: The famous face on the cafe table It's when I knew that you were art for art's sake And I can see your postcard you surrealistic and alive That's when I knew this was the place I want to feel it up. Tell me once again, I can't hear your voice Maybe I can turn on all six senses I see you in your song But you let smoke and sweetness You touch me, I kiss you We are just one man If I could taste it one more time, I'd have to leave my world to chance I just might close the door and spin the wheel of fortune. But I don't have to live In a state of compromise You don't have to say it again Say it again Do it again Do it again Tell me once it's that I hear you Let's smoke and sweetness You touch me, I kiss you We are just one And sweetness You touch me I kiss you we are just one mind I sing you Hear your song But you may sweat and sweetness You touch me
1: I am very happy to be here with Lisa Vandiver, co-founder and director of the CineKink Film Festival, which is just entering its 20th anniversary season. A writer, producer, and consultant in film and communications, Lisa was formerly the director of programming for a regional network of public television stations. She's worked as a development executive for two New York-based indie production companies and currently freelances with a wide range of organizations and companies. She's active in local political organizing, and she lives in Rahway, New Jersey with her husband and her two ginger tabbies, Clive and Radley. So Lisa, Hello, to the show. Thank you. It's <laughs> great to be here. <laughs> and I also want to say I'm we are Robin and I are, are tag teaming interviewing you today. <laughs> okay. Um, nice, to, nice to be here. Thanks for having me, Wendy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. As part of
2: the interview. Yeah.
1: yeah. Group so sure. Lisa, Yes, so please tell us about the King Film Festival and like what's its origin story?
0: Well, it grew out of uh, several things. I somehow got involved with SM or BDSM as is now known. Um, Oh my, let me clutch my pearls. (laughs) Shocking, I know. I moved to New York more than 20 years ago, uh, like about 25 years ago, um, found that there was dating going on in New York City, which didn't happen to me very often anywhere else. And I was seeing someone who was into certain proclivities, and I was like, this is kind of interesting. You know, I'd seen it, books and movies occasionally, but thought it was all made up. Um, And uh, I ended up at an organization called the Oylenspiegel Society, which is based in New York, and it's the oldest, largest SM organization in the world and you know I was working in film development at the time and they wanted to start doing movie screenings as an outreach to bring in new people and um, my co-founder brought up the possibility of a film festival and I you know because I had the background in film I jumped in convinced people that you couldn't just rent blockbuster videos and show those that it you know (laughs) had to be legitimate and you know the first couple years we uh we tracked down movies and then we finally opened it up to submissions and actually at the time it was the New York SM Film Festival and okay. realized my interests sort of were wider than that narrow scope and uh, somehow came up with the name Sinekink. So that that was the genesis.
2: It's cool. a great name. I like portmanteaus, you know,
0: you just kind of get the, you get the image, yeah. you understand what it is. Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, I good. love it when people's eyes kind of they finally get, and it's like, no, not king, <laughs> kink, <laughs> kink. Like, oh, oh, oh.
2: <laughs> so, nice. One of the things I noticed in your presentation, you know, on your website and, and everything is that it's very sex positive. And that's mm-hmm. kind of an intuitive term, um, you know, in some respects, I, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that. But are there any specific sensibilities or aspects of kink and sexuality that you hope gets represented in your films? And if you want to describe kink and sort of yeah. have a thumbnail. <laughs> uh,
0: well, the means. thumbnail on kink, kink for me is a very broad term. And I know some filmmakers are like, my film's not kinky enough. And my take on it is, if it's, you know, veers off the path of straight, white, hetero, <laughs> one man, one wife, um, one man, yeah, one man, one wife, that that sort of qualifies. So, and the sex positivity grew out of, at the time, I was doing uh, media alerts for the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of focus on negative portrayals. And I wanted to really track down the positive portrayals that, you know, so many s and portrayals, it's like the law and order, like someone is going to die mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're involved in s and or the other the other trope is that you have an hour and a half of oh kinky fun adventures and then they you know denounce it at the end like that was just a little experimentation and now i'm going to go back to normal that's so. like
1: like how they had to end behind the green door so it wouldn't be considered porn or something oh i don't know that much. Oh, yeah there was that's like a the punishment one, they went to hell or yeah something. at the end at the end oh, she's right. in yeah. hell and she can't
0: orgasm
1: and <laughs> right. the guy who's in the room with her couldn't get an erection and that's where she was for the oh
2: right 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 oh god <laughs>
1: yeah
0: so not not a happy happy tale no. in the end no absolutely yeah so yeah it's uh, very much our focus is sex positivity and like you said that's sort of an, another term out there like when i use it sometimes i'll get well is there such thing as sex negative and i'm like Yeah, (laughs) I think that's kind of all around us. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And, you know, in fact, a lot of porn can be kind of sex negative. Oh, yeah, Yeah. So, you know, it's really anything for me is that, you know, values people as a human being and encourages their self-expression as long as it's not, you know, coming down on somebody else, Mm. not hurting anyone.
1: Okay. What is your selection process for the films that you present?
0: We curate a little bit from other festivals. So I'll look to see, you know, other films that are out there. But we also have a call for entries that goes out. Ours has been out there for a while this year because we kept kind of delaying the festival, trying to uh, wait for COVID rates to go down a little bit. and still not sure we're there yet. But anyway, (laughs) we put out a call for entries and filmmakers... There's a platform called Film Freeway, and most filmmakers are on that, and so they'll see our posting, and they send us their film, and we have a couple screeners that go through. I used to do it all myself, and then it <laughs> got to be a bit much, but um, we have previewers go through, give their ratings, and I kind of make the final call, you know, okay. the ratings. And so it, how... It, it kind of-
1: I just want to ask you, because oh, yeah. you're saying you're saying you're, you used to do this all yourself. So mm-hmm. are you, are how many people are applying these days?
0: It's actually not that much compared to more mainstream festivals, because we're so niche. But I'd say about 150 to 200 films. Well, that's still a yeah. lot. A lot. one yeah. person to one. <laughs> yeah. But, but you really do have to kind of tap into what's there, because the program comes together, depending on... You know, like a film might be perfectly appropriate for us, but there might be, it's weird the way uh, films will come in at the same time, basically the same topic or... Oh, know, wow. Yeah. So, so, you know, you don't want to duplicate that and also themes come up and for shorts programs and you'd be like, oh, this fits with that, this fits with that, but then you'll have a short that doesn't quite work. So, um, right. So, and you try to explain to the filmmakers that it's not necessarily the film is bad, it just it didn't work in this instance, so. Interesting. Yes.
1: Thank you.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you ever consider that for the next season or anything like that? To sort of um, we do more?
0: sometimes hold them over, but then you fall in love with another set of films the next year, so it's <laughs> kind of hard sometimes. Right, the whole concept and, might change for the next year. Yeah, like Exactly. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, but some of the filmmakers that didn't make it in the initial cut, you know, they come back or they send us another film. I've brought in filmmakers to cut our trailers for us. So, so the other advice for filmmakers is take rejections <laughs> nicely. <laughs> so, because film festival organizers do kind of remember <laughs> that. Uh. And, Yes, make like, it, keep, go keep a way. good rapport. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. Exactly, don't burn those bridges. <laughs> so.
1: That 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 advice goes for pretty much all creatives.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> so. I think so. It's it's so easy to take it personally.
2: But, <laughs> right. um, Interesting. So, w- what are some of the similarities and differences that you know someone going to Cinekink might experience, like say, as opposed to, I'm thinking of a more mainstream. But like corn mm-hmm. screening, I, I like Exotica is a thing that's in Edison. I know that might be more of a trade show, but I, they probably show yeah. films there, too. We, yeah, yeah, that's more of a trade show. For? Yeah.
1: There's this it's... whole world you guys are turning me on to that I have no <laughs> <Yes>. idea about.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's uh, the expo. I think it's in October and it's out at the Edison Convention wow. Center. And it's it's like I've been to a wedding show there and I've been to an expo <laughs> it's a I've, there.
1: I've been to a cat There and at a
0: feed show, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's very much like any kind of convention. We're more like a typical film festival, and I kind of tried to model it after Sundance. You know, we're we're just watching movies, (laughs) and you know, we have a kickoff party where people get a little more dressed up. But during the week, when you're stuck in the theater watching movies all day, you're wearing comfy clothes, (laughs) and it's you know, pretty much, program of shorts, documentaries, narratives. We, uh, for years, we were at Anthology Film Archives, so which is sort of the mm. artsy, very pristine <laughs> cinema. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's you know it's just like any film festival, really. It just happens to be that we're mixing in some smut with, you know, and it's not all explicit. Some of it is, and that was also part of my intent was to mix up porn with not porn and you know that was one of my questions me, i was wondering yeah. if
2: it was all erotica or if it just you know approaches the subject in other ways and presents right ways. right
0: so. you know it's not necessarily porn we do include some it's kind of difficult to watch porn in a theater just the- <laughs> <laughs> actually i'd say should say modern day porn because the scenes go on and on and on and if you're at home, you can fast forward, right. <laughs> but if you're sitting there in the theater for a three-hour porn movie, it can get to be a little bit much. But, yeah, um,
2: And there are certain theaters where I would imagine you might find other activities to
1: keep you occupied, but that's right. not what yours is about. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I- So can you give us a preview of some of the films that you're going to be playing this year? Uh, Yeah. Your website says stay tuned. Coming soon, I know.
0: Yeah, I've been wrangling with the schedule for longer than I should have been. And it's like you pull one thread and then the whole thing falls apart again. (laughs) Uh, But I think we've got it down. And in fact, our opening night, or we call it our season opener this year, is called Rough Edges. And it's a feature set in... San Francisco, and a lot of the the sex clubs and dungeons there. And it's really well done, um, good acting, and you get to sort of see inside that world and a couple coming together and dealing with their intimacy problems outside of the BDSM. The BDSM kind of brings them together. So that'll be our opening night feature. And then we also have, we are for the 95th birthday, of Gerard Damiano, we are presenting the 50th anniversary screening of Deep Throat. So uh, uh. I, I don't know if you remember that classic, <laughs> but his son and his daughter, Chris Star and Gerard, are, are presenting it and we're gonna have a little birthday party for him. Gerard's senior passed, unfortunately, a couple years ago, but they've been taking the film around the world to celebrate its 50th anniversary. So is yeah, the,
2: the producer of that film or the who the uh Gerard
0: Domiona, he's the he was the director. Got it, director, got yeah. it. okay. Um and then went on to a long career in the porn world. So sort of the the father of modern porn. <laughs> <laughs> but so we'll be presenting that. Uh we also have another porn from Bruce LeBruce, um, who's sort of a renowned, does a lot of gay provocative features but this is his foray into porn the affairs of Lydia and then we have a lot of really great shorts programs you know you have a set of kinky shorts and then there's another set called get off so (laughs) that's the fun part when you start seeing the shorts and what what program is it going to fit into so we typically have one that's pretty much just traditional kink (laughs) and pdsm and then a more lusty set And we have a, we have another set on sex work, and then um, we have our usual, we have something called Bring It, which is a collection of porn under 20 minutes, and it's designed to let people showcase their work, and the audience picks their favorite at at the end, so.
1: Okay. excited
2: to check some of this out this is yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: Yeah. do you do you actually besides the audience one where they pick their favorite do you Mm -hmm. give overall awards for the yeah we have um audience
0: choice awards for the features so the audience votes on that and then we have an awards presentation at the end of the festival and we also have a jury that looks at the shorts and so we pick best dramatic short best documentary short and so on so okay so that's a lot of fun and nice yeah. nice and then typically those are announced the final night in years past we've had a play party to conclude but that's another one of those covid i'm not sure if we're going to be able to play it pay, pull that off but investigating that because I, I understand that play parties are happening again it's just something i'm not sure i'm ready for but
1: well, I mean, do they incorporate masks in the play? I guess I, I'm going to get us off topic onto a, a topic. It's probably. a different oh, kind you of mask, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. You, you would think. But, yeah, so we may be one of the only film festivals in, in the world that has a play party, but <laughs> we'll see. Oh, I, like I really combo.
1: wish I had heard about this before now.
0: That's all. I know, <laughs> right. right. It'll, it'll be back. Fun will be back. And, but yeah, it's the, the last in-person one was scheduled for March of 2020. Oh, and it, good timing. <laughs> I literally was on a site inspection the night before everything oh my God. got pulled. So I have, a, I have a little trauma around this. <laughs> oh, like, man.
2: I was just telling Wendy, I, I just had, I'm a musician and my first gig since March of 2020 was like two weeks ago yeah in person so it was yeah it's been a long time it was very strange and i actually was planning a play party like that it was would have been that next month or something and then it was like that's not a thing to do yeah it's been strange um, i
0: understand lesbian sex mafia just did one um so i'm gonna ask them i think they tested everyone Mm -hmm. for required tests
2: yeah, I've been to some things recently where they just require show, showing your vaccination, and, yeah, and encouraging masks, but wasn't mm-hmm. really required. So yeah. I guess everyone That's... finds their level uh-huh. right. What's what's possible, you know?
0: Yeah. So we are going to be requiring masks for the screenings. So I'm a little nervous at how how that'll go over.
1: But... Oh. I don't know. I mean, everything I had been to in Manhattan, I, you know, my nephew had a theater, had a, a show, He, he's a playwright and he had a show, mm-hmm. um, in, in a, for a short time at one of the little theaters in, in, uh, in Manhattan, like definitely way off Broadway, but there was, you needed to have, and this was last year, but mm-hmm. there was masks right. required and vaccine proof of vaccination. I know since they dropped all that stuff i i hope you don't get pushback i am yeah. i'm glad to hear it i mean and i've been to you know the science fiction conventions i've gone to this year even after mm-hmm. the pandemic was declared over ha ha, ha right. they still had mask requirements mm-hmm. and people were conforming and they weren't too complainy. so yeah
0: so hopefully you'll we'll be see. like that for yeah. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I hate that it's even still a topic. But <laughs> I want to move on to. Yeah. Here we are.
2: Yeah. What I've seen is that people tend to accept the, you know, accept what the venue asks of them. Mm-hmm. And I, hopefully yeah. that works for you too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Are so, you, is oh, go
0: ahead. I just
1: want to ask you where your venue is. Is it in Manhattan proper? It is in Brooklyn. Or- it is
0: in Manhattan. Uh, we're trying a new space partly because of the COVID aspect was, wanted something a little more manageable in terms of who's coming in and out. Anthology Film Archives, we were, were with them for 20 years and I felt a little bit like I broke up with them and I'm, I'm sorry, but <laughs> the the main venue up, is upstairs. So that was always an accessibility issue. So I was really set on finding an accessible space and Wild Project at the time was also requiring masks. so. They've let go of that requirement that they say that we can. So we're renting the space. So okay, it's uh, Wild Projects, Lower East Side, East Third Street. So okay, pretty happening area. (laughs) So I'm planning my route. So okay, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So, but it's smaller venue, eighty nine seats, and which I think will be perfect for us. So
1: okay, okay, and. I guess this question is a little I don't know but with the current political climate mm-hmm. and you can't it's my are you <laughs> listeners cannot see my eye roll with that I just uh-huh, right <laughs> um, have you had any challenges or protests similar to like what the drag shows have
0: been dealing with we have not but remember we're also in the lower East side of Manhattan <laughs> um, and even touring haven't really run into anything which has also been kind of a disappointment, (laughs) a controversy, you know, but you see the controversy going on now and it's gotten kind of scary. So maybe (laughs) maybe we don't want that kind of attention.
1: Maybe not. Um,
0: Yeah. The amazing thing to me is I can think back several years when I was like, is this festival even relevant anymore? You know, it's like it seemed like people were kind of getting with it and... You know gay marriage is a thing and yeah but now we also
1: have <laughs> and i and i keep wanting to say twilight and it's not twilight it's the other one uh it's mm. the twilight fan fiction <laughs> What's it? The, 50 shades of
0: gray that uh, oh right right, right. yeah 50, the <laughs> that, other one <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah when that came along i was like hey mainstream movies you know I, I don't need to be doing this anymore, but. Yeah, except
1: that that they're doing it wrong.
0: (laughs) Well, there's that. (laughs) um, Although, I mean, I'm not as down on Fifty Shades as many people are. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, The political aspect, though, is... I always thought, well, I'd come to think that drag was sort of like, eh, it's everywhere. How, How is this even controversial? Yeah, I and, know. Yeah. And
2: in most, yeah, in many places it's just fine. I mean, I went to a drag show in South Jersey a couple weekends ago and it's just, or was that last weekend? I can't remember. But it, you <laughs> know, it's just <laughs> yeah, really it relaxed and chill and it was not an issue at all. Yeah. And, and, yeah. But you never, know, yeah, you know, there are different places where. But I you know, think in case.
1: But this is, I, I, I had just read, and now we're really getting off topic, but, uh, <laughs> 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 but I had read that, that the whole drag thing, the anti-drag show thing is all because, you know, Roe v. Wade has been overturned and they need something to energize their their conservative right. rabid people and you know and that's what they picked because they don't have abortion to get people out to the the voting booths anymore.
0: Interesting. <laughs> that that they would pick this. I, I yeah, I know. It's... I it, <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, I mean, sexuality and, and especially queer sexuality has, is often like the, the
0: I target. guess pun
2: not intended, whipping boy of the, <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> you yeah. know,
2: but but actually that's sort of, that is a good topic because I'm curious about how you see, like what, what the message that you would like to portray. Like we talked a little bit about the, the sex negativity that's just sort of pervades the mm-hmm. culture, so, Great. what are there kernels of sort of like awareness or th- things that you would like people to know or sort of get it's from your sort thing? of like whatever floats your boat as
0: long as it's not hurting in a bad <laughs> way anyone else
1: on consensual.
0: <laughs> there you go. There's that word. <laughs> yes. So um, we're all about you know consenting adults. That's important. And you know, and you know, kids just. We don't want to have anything to do with kids in our films because, you know, that's that's a whole separate thing. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, celebrating adult sexuality. And it's difficult because, you know, teens need to know things. There's sex education for that, and uh, that's, that's not our purview. We're about adult sex education and just, you know, getting people to maybe that's not your thing, but someone's really into it and it makes them happy and it gives them a sense of full self-expression. So, and, you know, that's what I love about the shorts programs. It's just throwing a bunch of different things in and I mix up orientations and genders. And whereas when you go to an LGBTQ festival, it's often, oh, here's the boy shorts. Here's the girl shorts. So I'm like, you can sit through five minutes of someone else's thing. (laughs) but You know, mainly it's about connections and self-expression. Okay. That sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm.
2: So I was going to say, so tell (laughs) us, I don't know that we've said the dates of the, of the the date and the the, the venue and,
0: and anything else that you have coming up too. Yeah. I haven't been promoting very well. Uh, It's (laughs) coming up August 2nd through 6th. Our main venue is Mm -hmm. the wild project on East third street. And this, uh, you can check out our website, cinekink.com. We're also on Twitter at Cinekink, that's C-I-N-E-K-I-N-K, remember? So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, which I'm not very good at. We need to get a volunteer to do that. I don't understand Instagram. And also on FetLife, for those of you who are in the know about Life, we're also there. Absolutely. And we'll make sure all that's in our show notes. Yeah, already. absolutely. Yeah, and it's going to be a fun time. Looking forward to seeing a lot of, you know, people I only see once a year for the festival, our volunteers come together. And now many of them I haven't seen since 2019. So it's back wow. to that. And uh, it'll okay. be really great.
1: Oh, wait, 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 wait. Because I kind of remember you talking about this on Facebook last year. So this is actually the first film festival since the pandemic.
0: Correct. This yes. one. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah, <laughs> hence right. my trepidation, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be good. And also hope to get getting back to touring, which we were doing in the before times. So, had an Oakland showing, Portland, Chicago. We've done D.C. So what we do with that is we take a couple of the programs around. Mm. And and we're also going to be virtual this year, so I should oh. mention that. So okay, for those of you not within... Uh, Hopping distance. We're gonna do the encores after the festival. So August second oh, okay. through 6th is in person and then we'll follow up online. Excellent. Yeah. That that
1: would that would help me because I don't know that I yeah. can come to every show. Yeah, you know?
0: that's <laughs> yeah. For hardcore festival goers, you know, can point yeah. themselves in the be- seat. But yeah, that's a lot.
1: <laughs> I mean i was they did they at balticon this past may they had a a science fiction shorts film festival Mm -hmm. and i i managed about an hour and then i had to get out of there (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's good anything else you have going on in the future that you want to talk about you can say
0: (sighs) And right now, my whole focus is oh, so <laughs> sure. It's hard to sure, think of sure. anything oh, else. Never mind. Okay. Uh, no, no, that's okay. Okay. Yeah, looking forward to seeing people. Looking forward to seeing you both. Yeah. Okay. Make <laughs> looking it for forward screening to screening or sure. two. Um, yeah, we're gonna plan a road trip. So <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, check out the schedule. The movies are going from the Thursday through Sunday. So okay. A lot of those. Have a kick off something or other on the works for. Uh, the Wednesday, August second. Okay. So, great chance to catch up with folks. Well, thank
1: you so much for sharing this with us. And, Absolutely, and, it's great and, to be uh, here. And good luck with the festival, and and thank we will you. and we will tell our listeners all about it next season. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> great, yes, because <laughs> then that will be the twenty-first year, and <laughs> we it's, it's going to keep going. So. All right. It's crazy that it's it's gotten this far, but
1: it's um, impressive. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for being here.
2: Thanks so
0: much. Delighted. Thank you.
1: You got questions.
2: We got answers. And, and today the question is from both of us for both of us. (laughs) and that is what did you think of this season we're this is we're wrapping it up for this season. we're going to take a summer break and so we were just sort of you know reflecting and thinking how we think things went what we learned all that kind of stuff yeah
1: i'm looking at our front page of our website right now which right now shows the entire season all on one page and i want to just say i do really like the design of our website (laughs) (laughs) i just find it very pretty and i'm very appreciative of robin's selection of the the photos for each entry i think i think we had a really i think we had a pretty good season this this season i like the range of topics that we covered i don't miss not having a theme for the entire season i know you were kind of struggling with that in prior seasons sometimes
2: yeah Um, i was thinking about that too i i I think the variety worked very well like at first i think i was afraid that it would seem like a cop out like oh we're we're not going to bother doing a theme because it's too hard or something (laughs) (laughs) but it's actually it's actually appropriate because i think topics come up that are really important and you can just focus on them and then go to something else like working with Kurt Esslinger on learning about Korean War and oh my god yeah that's that that we got it to do two episodes of that and it was someone I ran into by happenstance really and was like oh my god this is amazing we need to talk about this you know yeah
1: I I mean there was so much about that about Korea that I had no fucking idea at all that how we went in there and all the things we did and and you know like we just reinstated all of the people that the south koreans had gotten rid of right like oh my god why are we doing this but yeah it it gave me a whole other perspective and it was also i was also watching a lot of korean television because it's all on netflix now Hmm. and and there's a show that took place on that island where that big massacre he was talking about was it's, it, it was a very, it was revelatory to the same extent that the beginning of Watchmen that took place during the opening scene was the Tulsa. Oh bombing, yeah. You know, that's right. That, a lot of people learned about that. That's that, how right, I learned yeah. about that. Yeah. And, and so it was one of those deals. And I really liked, I really liked, I liked pretty much like, I liked all of the shows we did this season. <laughs>
3: me
2: too i feel like what i want to do is inspire in a way like either get people to want to learn something or do something or feel or feel connected i think that's the other thing really and i'm just looking back i'm thinking about talking to dr lulu her enthusiasm was incredible and just oh yeah you know and about Inviting, inviting in as opposed to coming out and yeah, we you know can can have our can support kids and you know ourselves in terms of our growth and that was really cool. There's just a lot. I don't want to name if I start naming. I feel like I have to name everybody if I name some. But yeah. everything was really great. I feel good. I feel like I'm looking forward to a break, and I'm also there are just elements I want to do and add. Like I would love to. Have like public service announcement type things and sort of more. I like the fake commercials we did. We we sort of we have, didn't really do it this season, but I love those. So fake ones and real ones, both maybe. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But there's a lot for us
1: to take a break from and then start working on. Yes, I mean it. It's it's inspiring me to to do. I I, I am hoping you know we can do our next season in a similar vein i know we had some challenges about mid-season coming up with interviewees for a minute and i'm hoping we can i mean this is all the behind the scenes stuff that none of y'all unders you know know what happens <laughs> y'all <laughs> y'all <news>. I, <laughs> none you, of yous know what's going on no, <laughs> I, I, you know i i have to i have to you know i can't just forget that i spent a good 15 years growing up in Virginia. So I know, you know, <laughs> I know it doesn't sound like it. Future but... topic <laughs> we were just. Yes. Discussing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, this season was good. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Happy and, and and if you ha and if you are listening and you haven't heard all of the rest of this episodes this season, go back and listen. Cause they're good. Yes. Yes. We may schedule
2: some as our reduxes, but you know, those. We'll have to see what what comes across, but yes, please go back and listen. These are all worthy conversations for sure. And if you want to skip the old news the, and all of our anxiety, that's okay. <laughs> but the interviews definitely. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So yeah, thank you, Wendy. This is uh, I love yes. this project. I'm thank you. Happy too.
1: to I mean, keep this on is keeping on. Five years now, right? Coming up if it's not I, already I, is it it's been it's been this is our fifth year i believe for this project this is not our fifth yes year oh podcasting. my goodness our five years in podcast, may that's I insane think, i think our first podcast was 2008. i i kind
2: 2005. of 2005. Five. Oh my god and then okay. we took a break and came back in 2008 i think <clears throat> okay i'd have to check on that but we kept taking yeah, breaks like, wow
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> amazing all right well Well, this is the last show of of this season and now we're gonna sign off (laughs) yeah well i'm robin renee and please come
2: find me on facebook at robin renee fan on instagram at robin renee music and on twitter at spirit rock sexy if you want to connect and nerd out with me on discord and talk about yacht rock and new wave and things like that connect with me
1: and i will can i will set you up i'm andrew
2: Venus <laughs> on discord
1: and i'm wendy sheridan and you can find me on facebook and instagram at wendy cards and on etsy at wendy cards with a z i mean i have a twitter handle but i haven't even logged in there and i don't even know I mean, we didn't even talk about what's going on in twitter in this episode but oh twitter please. is twitter's having don't problems don't, <laughs> so- yes <laughs> Don't even bother.
2: And you can always reach out on social media at Leftscape. Send us your questions and we might answer on an upcoming show. And we always, especially during the break, if you have ideas and thoughts and just want to stay connected, please do reach out. So until next time, be well,
1: stay kinky and keep left. You've been listening to the Leftscape podcast. Sound engineering by Wendy Sheridan. Show notes by Robin Renee. Fake sponsor messages by Ariel Sheridan. Web hosting by InMotion. Remote recording by Squadcast. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Leftscape. Become a patron of our show for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com leftscape Thanks for listening.